Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's an exciting time of the year for UFC 251. It's going to be one hell of a card, baby, and without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, for the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, Try a parlay, for instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week. Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000, which means if you deposit two grand right now, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is capital BLV. To activate your offer from my bookie, bet, win, get paid, my bookie. Today is Friday, June 26, 2020, and we have the Flashback Friday interview of the week presented by Mecca Nutrition. Remember to head on over to Mecca Nutrition by using the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using Mecca Nutrition. Remember, swole is the goal, size is the prize. We have Savannah Bananas baseball team founder and owner Jesse Cole on the show today. Got the chance to talk to him uh, twice, two years ago and last year in Savannah at Grace Stadium in Savannah, Georgia, uh, entrepreneur of the decade. Uh, this guy, uh, even during this pandemic, plans on having a baseball season starting July 1st. But however, there have been uh, COVID outbreaks in Grayson Stadium, a part of the Bananas uh, executive team. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But since they started playing baseball in the Coastal Plain League in 2016, Coastal Plain League, obviously down south, uh, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, uh, one of the collegiate summer baseball leagues for college athletes. Um, the Savannah Bananas, they've been probably the toughest ticket to get in town, I'd say. They're probably the most ambitious group out of all collegiate baseball teams with, I think they have 88 consecutive sellouts at Grayson Stadium at this point. And again, they plan to live stream games from Grayson Stadium this year. Uh, the streak of 88 games that may come to an end, it may continue, we'll see. Uh, definitely going to be on a smaller scale if it does continue with Jesse Cole uh, having to adapt to this coronavirus pandemic. And the Bananas, I think they pushed back opening day. It was supposed to be May 18th for everybody, and everybody pushed back. Uh, CCL, California Collegiate League, was supposed to start July 1st. They ended up canceling. But the Bananas plan on having opening day on July 1st and plan to implement uh, social distancing, of course, at Grayson Stadium in Savannah, which normally has a seating capacity of 4,100 people. Uh, that's 4,100 for those of you counting at home, uh, about 2,000 fans, I think, are going to be allowed into games under this plan at Grayson Stadium this year. So that would leave a lot of Bananas fans uh, left out of the loop, a lot of people in Banana Land out of the loop. So Jesse Cole, obviously known as a marketing genius who embraces the new uh, the newest technology, he's probably going to implement live streaming of games to fans uh, and give fans a chance to experience the lively banana game atmosphere online. And a lot of teams have live stream games, but they're trying to kind of reimagine what a game would look like online. And their games are like a circus, and they want the experience to be unique with their live stream. And I guess they're looking at showing the action with drone shots, cameras on players when they're on the field and in the dugout, and uh, live microphones on players and coaches too. I mean, they're thinking of how they could have fans making decisions like baseball has never seen before. That's always been their goal, trying to make the game different. And those are the questions that they're asking. I mean, could fans make choices about what uniforms they're wearing, who will be in the starting lineup, and what kind of walk-up music players will have? I mean, no other team is going to give the fans that kind of authority over their own team. But they want to have 
unique camera angles and coaches that could explain game decisions while they're all mic'd up, and they're looking at all of those possibilities. And the Bananas, again, are set to play, I think, 30 home games this year, starting July 1st, and each one is going to be streamed with uh, Bananas staff providing live interviews and features on players and coaches, inside looks at the personalities that have made uh, the franchise so popular in the Hostess City over the past few years in Savannah. The streaming service apparently is going to cost $4.99 per month and is set to start on June 23rd. And fans who sign up will have first access to giveaways, uh, giveaways, merchandise, other benefits. And if you're Bananas fans, if you're part of Banana Land, listen up right now because fans can sign up at www.thesavannabananas.com slash bananasinsider. And Jesse Cole said that hundreds of people from all over the world have already shown interest with fans as far away as far away as Australia, Brazil, and even the United Kingdom signing up when the program was announced on May 20th. However, with that being said, there is a caveat, there is an obstacle, uh, a roadblock, a detour, if you will, because the Savannah Bananas announced three days ago that COVID-19 has kind of taken over their uh, front office. There was actually one employee who quit because of COVID-19 cases that uh, were kind of kept from the public. So the director of entertainment for the Savannah Bananas has quit, saying that the organization wasn't being transparent about their COVID-19 cases to the people who matter the most, which are the fans. Um, And his name is Trevor Trout, the former director of entertainment. And this is what he said, and I quote, they weren't being honest with people of uh, with the people of Savannah and with their fans who were potentially coming out here to get infected. So Trout said that the employees were aware of the positive cases, but it was the organization's responsibility to tell the people. And of course, owners Emily and Jesse Cole say that they've been in constant contact with the city throughout all of this. And Jesse Cole said that uh, his staff who did test positive immediately shared with their uh, internal staff within hours of uh, positive tests coming back. And their entire staff knew and the health department in the city knew. But Trout says that management told him the, the health department said that there were uh, th- they were the gold standard in being proactive. And because of this, he gave the message to groups that he managed like the, the Banana Nanas and uh, the Man Nanas. If you don't know what those are, check out the website. It's, it's pretty dandy. But I guess he found out later that uh, night that the, the gold standard was something that never was mentioned in the conversation with the health department. They say they, they, that they uh, uh, were being proactive, except that he knew that they were being reactive. And Jesse Cole says that the health department did, in fact, give them the thumbs up in their efforts, ultimately leading them to have a season this year, and that they never just assumed that they were going to play. It was going to be a joint decision between the health department, the city's uh, Savannah, their league, and even their own team. But Trout says that he's now concerned how the team is going to protect their fans if the organization can't protect the office and, the, and their own staff, you know? I mean, but you got to think the owners say that the fans are the number one priority. I mean, every decision they make is fans first. At least that's the way they promote it. And that's what they're going to always ask themselves. So when it comes to something like this, uh, that they go over uh, the top and above and beyond for, they got to be there for their fans. They didn't want this, obviously. Nobody did. Nobody has the playbook on COVID-19, but they can tell you that they, they wouldn't be in that playbook and that is hiding things that should not be hidden. And, that, and those were Trout's words. He said, um, nobody has a playbook, but I can, tell, I can tell you what wouldn't be in that playbook and that is hiding things that should not be hidden. And other employees say that they're confident that management is doing what is right, not only for the staff, but for the fans who can come and enjoy games that year. 
and everyone's doing as best as they possibly can, and they're confident that they're gonna uh, that, that they've talked to the the people and the experts who they're gonna need to talk to, and they they uh, they've given them their blessing, and that's good enough for them, I guess. But the, the Savannah Bananas say they're confident about a July first opener. The owners say they're talking uh, all the precautions uh, that are being put in place to keep everyone safe. They even held auditions for uh, their banana pep band. Um, Mananas were male cheerleaders, their team, uh, unique talents, etc. that all performed during the baseball games over the summer. It'll be interesting this year. I mean, they're looking for people who like to put on a show, obviously, and that like to surprise their fans. I mean, expect the unexpected. That's one of their big mottos. And this, this isn't a typical baseball game or a typical baseball season. It's more like... A circus, like I said, for the Savannah Bananas. So they're looking for circus-like uh, performers that want to have fun. And he said, and this is what Jesse Cole said, he said that this year's entertainment is going to be extra important, obviously, to bring smiles to people during challenging times. I mean, they have to entertain always, especially in times like these. Uh, but when there's a challenge and people can't get together, they need to make sure that they have more fun uh, than ever before, than they ever had before. And that's what they're going to do uh, this summer in Savannah, Georgia. So I wanted to get into our interview that took place last summer at Grayson Stadium in the clubhouse down the left field line between myself and Jesse Cole talking all things banana, some of the uh, entrepreneurship styles that Jesse Cole possesses, some of his uh, speeches that he gives around the world, uh, banana beer, which I've never gotten a chance to try. I want to try it one day, Savannah banana beer. We talk about that, some of the unique things uh, that they might be implementing when it comes to starting lineups, kind of parachuting players into their positions, which has never been done before. To this day, has never been done before, but they're talking about it, probably light years away from it happening, but we get into that and all more here on episode 211 of the podcast presented by Belly Up Sports. Be sure to follow Belly Up Sports on the Twitter and on IG at Belly Up Sports. And again, if you're into banging weights, eating sticks, and sleeping eights, head on over to MeccaNutritionStore.com right now. Use that promo code OSHOW20. Let's get into the interview with Jesse Cole here on episode 211 of the OSHO right now. So I mentioned with Jared earlier that on my ride up here, I came up from Charlotte today and I listened to like nine or 10 of your unpeeled podcasts that you guys do, which I think is phenomenal. A lot of brilliant ideas you guys have in there. Uh, I want to get to the first thing. When you guys started here in 2016, the one of the first ideas you brought on was bringing in uh, Darius Johnson as your dancing first base coach. How did that come along and how was that the first promotion you had in mind or were you juggling different ideas at the same time <laughs> well, we first needed a name for the team right yeah so the first thing when you come in as a you know no one that knows who you are no one's clear on what level of baseball is because this had minor league baseball here for 90 years they need we need an identity yeah so the first thing we had to get a name and we were very uh, strategic on that and when we chose the bananas we wanted to do something that was dramatically different dramatically fun and that people would uh, it would raise attention and so that was the first plan. Right. And then it was, how can we have fun with that? And that's when we came up with the Banana Nanas, the senior assistant dance team, naming our mascot Split, you know, having a banana beer, having promotions like Banana in the Pants. We wanted to, you know, put bananas in the whole thing. Right. Because going bananas, that's what we want. We want to be fun. Um, Darius, Darius Johnson was our first first base coach. He was outstanding. That actually came in year, uh, year two. So our goal was uh, forever I want to have a break dancing first base coach. Yeah. Because, again, whatever's normal is the exact opposite. 
how we are known, what makes us the only is, and started in Gastonia, being the only team with dancing players. We are a dancing baseball team. And now it has just continued even further with our players do an actual different, unique choreographed dance every single night. Yeah. From Brittany Spears to Justin Timberlake to you name it, every night's a new dance. Then the breakdancing first base coach. Then the banana and the senior citizen dance team. Our whole stadium, 4,000 people every single night dances. Hey, baby, we have a pep band with 20 people dancing every night. Yeah. It's a dance party. And that's who we are. We're a dancing baseball team. It's more like a circus. So that idea of having a first base coach was with us for many years until we finally had auditions and found the right person who knew nothing about baseball but knew everything about <laughs> right. dancing. And uh, it just worked well. And now we have uh, a person who's taken over for him. And it's even another level with Macy O'Harris who does backflips and unbelievable you know, gymnastics moves out there every single night. And he's a fan favorite. You watch every night. The oh, bones yeah. come up, and, and uh, that's what it's about. We want to create moments that people never forget. And our dancing first base coach does that. Absolutely. And you mentioned when you got here in 2016, you you guys didn't have a name originally. I talked to Jared about a few names. He said party was one of them. Trying to get it like a let's go party. The party animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of ridiculous names. We told the city we want something dramatically different. Yet yeah. when you tell the city dramatically different, 99% of them were dramatically the same right. as everyone yeah. else because it's hard for people to think that way. Um, it's easy for everyone to try to fit in, but to stand out is, is, is hard. And most people yeah. feel comfortable fitting in. So uh, we only had a few that were different. And party animals and uh, bananas were on top of the list. And you guys just had All-Star Weekend here. Mm -hmm. You had the Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game, which you guys changed a little bit, mm -hmm. a little bit different from what it's been in years past, like a traditional nine-inning mm -hmm. game. You had that article that you were talking about on ESPN uh, saying that they should have three separate games, like mm -hmm. three inning games. You guys changed up the Home Run Derby where, like, if you won that round, you'd advance to the next round. Talk to me a little bit about how that progressed and how tough it was to get that through the CPL and the commissioner. It wasn't tough at all. Really? I mean, we, we wore kilts the previous year. I mean, <laughs> right, we do things yeah. dramatically different, and that's yeah. who we are. That's our brand. And if you say traditional with us, we run the other direction. Right. We have no interest in traditional. We have no interest in professionalism. We want to be fun. We want to be unique. We want to be different. And so the idea of doing an All-Star game like everyone else, that was not, not even a consideration. Yeah. And I think the league knew that. The other owners knew that. Everyone in the league knew it. And the question was, what are we going to do? And we had a lot of ideas. And we had ideas hitting on uh, Tybee, Tybee Island Beach, you know, hitting off the pier and the yeah. beach. We had ideas of doing a... Uh, blacked out glow in the dark home run derby where literally it's pitch black and the balls are glow in the dark the bats are glow in the dark the idea of hitting on top of a scaffold 50 feet in the air we had a lot of ideas um the one that came out was doing it like the home run derby like a uh, the basketball promotion where you have to hit a free throw a layup right. a three point yeah. and a half court all within a minute 30 seconds we did that same thing and it was a lot of fun and turned out to be a huge hit and as far as the, the different games everyone goes to an all-star game they have no one to root for yeah. Who do you root for? You root for an individual player who gets one at bat. That's boring. Yeah. Could we actually bring some of the magic that happens here with the bananas where you have 4,000 people going nuts for the team? I've never seen anything like this in college summer baseball or minor league baseball, that you have 4,000 people that everyone, everyone is decked out in bananas gear. Everyone comes up with their own banana earrings, their banana. They make their own shirts. They make their own hats. They make their own shorts. It's crazy. It is a, a rabid fan base. And to, to take away the opportunity for them to root for something. Right is not fun. And what we've realized is in the last two years, the last two games to sell out every single year are games that don't feature the bananas. The previous year, Team USA and Team Japan. Team USA, the best players in the entire country. That was the last game to sell out. Yeah. And then this year, the All-Star game was the last game to sell out. And it's because the bananas aren't playing. So what could we do to make it competitive to actually have a Team Savannah, a local team, play that the fans would actually have something to root for with the bananas? 
and that's what happened. They, uh, the person representing Team Savannah uh, from the Bananas won the Homer Derby, was the number one seed. They played on Monday, and the whole fan base was pumped and ready to go. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we had players that on that team that haven't played a lot of baseball in their lives. Right, yeah. Um, so we lost. <laughs> and what was crazy to see is right after that game, more than half the stadium left. We still had the finals of the All-Star game. Yeah. All-Star showdown, but they left because, again, you want something to root for. And I think that's it in life. Everyone wants something to root for. If you don't want anything to root for, why do you care? Right. What, what, why is gambling so big right now? You're rooting for something. You don't right. root for something, good luck. And that's what we're trying to make the All-Star event happen. When you guys made Team Savannah, you actually had players try out. 100%. Did you got, so what was the general realm of people that you had try out? Did you have, like, six-year-olds, like, young kids, and then, like, elderly? Like, From six to 70 years old. Wow. And a couple of kids, six-year-old, they had cannon of arms. I would have put them in the TA, but I was yeah. worried they'd get hurt. Right. Um, but, yeah, and then you had people that ever played baseball before. You got people that were all <laughs> Americans that played baseball. You had guys yeah. that were prospects. Uh, you had guys that haven't played in 20 years that were part of men's senior leagues. It was a wide range. And I think that's what's cool about it. It's similar to what happens at our ballpark. You bring a wide range of people from, you know, babies. We've had people that are five days old to almost 100. Right. And, and all of them sing, dance, have fun, and that's what it's about. So that's what we try to make the tryouts about, and uh, it was a success. And given it's not like the status quo, how long did it take for people to adapt to the rules? I mean, I know the people in Savannah have seen it for almost four rules years of now. Life. Just like the home run derby and how it was different and um, then the games. Like anything, people just come for the fun. Yeah. You know, everyone tries to complicate things by trying to explain everything. Just have fun and just right. give fun. And we just let it happen. And we did our show and did our promotions like we always do and people just enjoyed themselves. And that's that's what it's about. I think if you have to really go and explain yourself and try to spend time explaining yourself, you're in trouble. Just right. do what you do. Make, make, make people have fun. Create moments that matter. Talk a little bit about, with Jared, about professional baseball and what you guys are doing here and how different, how exciting it is here. What do you think, out of all the differences, whether it's time of play, slowing, just slowing down the game, what do you think is the biggest problem in professional baseball? And what could they be doing differently, similar to what you guys are doing here? Well, the easiest way to find the problem is put yourself in your customer's shoes. Right. And what's happening? People aren't coming to the games. Attendance is down for the seventh straight year. But the challenge is money's up. The owners are making more money than they've ever made before. They're in the right. billions. Major League Baseball was $10.5 billion last year. Why would they change? But here's the problem. People aren't showing up. The average fan base is now getting into 60 years old. Kids aren't coming. And literally, there was, a, there was an article from ESPN recently, and they said they interviewed kids, a wide range of kids, and they said, who are your favorite athletes? And in the top 25, there were zero baseball players. That's a problem. Right. You go back to the 90s, you name all the guys from Pedro Martinez and Ken Griffey Jr. And I mean, they were all part of that, that list. Right. Now they're not. And so the problem is that it's not a kid's game anymore. It's not fun. It's not fast. So, again, people aren't showing up. How do you fix that problem? You make it more exciting. You, you eliminate the wall between the players and the fans. Every one of our games, the first thing when you're coming up, you'll see the, the players handing out programs. Then all of a sudden during the game, the players will deliver roses to little girls in the crowd. They'll be dancing on the dugouts. They'll right. be doing conga lines through the stadium. There is no wall. And so what happens is you eliminate that wall, and now you have real fans. You have kids that want to be a part of the bananas. In Major League Baseball, there's that wall. It's all about the baseball right. and how they play. It's not about the moments that they create for kids, and that's a problem. Right. And Major League Baseball will continue to lose that fan base until they make that shift and say, you know what, we're going to let our players be kids again. We're going to let them have fun. 
It's not all about the baseball. It's about the moments that we create. And that's, I think, what we do here very well every night. And you guys actually had a private game in the fall where it was an hour and 39 minutes long, I believe you guys said, yes. on the show. Yeah, you have done some yeah. research. Yeah. yeah. Again, again, how do you make the game faster? So we uh, experiment with a lot of things. Um, the reality is, no matter how much entertainment we put out here at the stadium every night, people still leave in the seventh, eighth inning. Right. That's a problem. When was the last time you went to a movie and you loved the movie and you left in the middle of it? Exactly. All right, yeah. when was the last time you go, saw a show, a theater show, a performance, a concert? You know what? I'm going to leave in the middle of this concert. It's great. I love it. Yeah. But I'm going to leave. That's a problem. And what happens is when people leave in the seven days, they say, oh, we had a great time. But it's okay to leave. Because what are you going to miss? Mm -hmm. They've seen it all before. We've seen what happens. Games need to be faster. I want people to see the end of the night. Because the end of the night is the most fun a lot of times. Especially for us, we have a party out in the plaza with our band playing yeah. music and autographs and our whole players out there, the free s'mores. So, uh, yeah, I think they need to experiment how to make the game faster. And it's not incremental changes. It's right. not take away mound visits. You yeah. make big fundamental changes, right. and we've experimented with that. And you guys have that idea box on a segment of the podcast. Mm -hmm. One of the ideas struck me just skydiving for entrances for the players. Is that in any realm of possibility anytime soon? Everything's a possibility with us. Gotcha. And I, and I, and I say that completely confidently. Yeah. Everything's a possibility. The only things that hold us back are liability <laughs> right, yeah. and um, potentially uh, NCAA and the league. Right. But we will try everything. We will get right to the line and we'll jump over it a lot. And the day that we stop doing it is the day that we stop becoming a successful organization. Right. Because most people, what they do is they get comfortable with success and they get complacent. And when we stop testing the boundaries and trying new things, we're in trouble. And that's one of my biggest fear. My biggest fear in life is settling. And I have a fear that we're going to settle and say, you know what? We sold out 100-plus games. The fans are coming. They're having fun. We yeah. don't need to try new things. And, and when we start failing and doing things that don't work, that's another reason. Because that means we haven't tried things that are crazy enough. Right. So skydiving players, you better believe it. I'd love to do it. Now, I've got liability issues with <laughs> right. a lot of yeah. different places. But I think that would be one, one heck of an entrance. That would be an amazing thing to do. Yes. Um, Promotion-wise, you guys obviously have a ton of different ideas, a ton of different promotions. Personally, do you have a favorite or, like, two or three favorite promotions that you've done over the years and ones that you think got over more than most? Many people don't realize that our script every night is so choreographed. And yeah. even people on our staff don't know it. There's a method in it to the madness. And what I mean by that is we want people to laugh, to dance, to sing. We want them to have emotional moments. We want them to have moments that they're just like, did that just happen? Mm -hmm. It's like a great movie. A great movie takes you in emotionally. All right, you're into it. Yeah. You're right there with that character. You're, you're there. That's what we try to do with our games. So as far as a favorite promotion, really, what are we trying to get? You know, the reality is we have the touching moments where we salute the military. And not only do we salute the military now, we have the whole stadium singing God Bless the USA, 4,000 people. I mean, that's a touching moment. You know, then we'll have really fun moments where we'll do uh, necking it, where we actually put a tennis ball between guys' necks, and they have to pass them to each other. And while we're playing Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye, yeah. that's a ridiculous moment. Or the barnyard, which tonight we're doing actually an, uh, animal races, where we're going to have, like, people, dress, uh, people act like snails and turtles and snakes, and they have to act out scenes where they look like idiots. But it's fun. Right. Everyone's a part of the show. So, again, and then there's moments where we pass out roses to little girls in the crowd. It's tough for me to pinpoint one because I think it all comes together to create this crescendo of right. emotion. And people leave like, I can't believe I went through this. This was amazing. And that's what makes it special, that we all have our own role in this. Your whole message is to not stand still but to stand out. You're the yellow tux guy. What made you choose the yellow tux out of anything else I could have 
created like the character you've made? It started with a black tuxedo. So in 2011, okay. I said, if we're going to put on a show, and I'm not going to be someone dressed up like a polo on pants. Right, I need yeah. to be a showman. So I actually went to one of my buddies who owned a bridal and formal shop, and I said, I want to look as close to P.T. Barnum as possible. And he got me a black tuxedo with the big tails, the top hat. I think yeah. I had a cane, too. And it was 100 degrees that first night. I almost melted. So I said, I'm not going to do this black tuxedo. So the Grizzlies had some yellow and gold in their colors. So I looked on the online and found brightcoloredtuxedos.com. Found a tuxedo <laughs> for $99. Shipped it overnight. By the next game, I was wearing it. And what happened is it stuck. That first game, everyone was taking pictures. The staff knew where I was. And everyone's like, that fits. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I say everyone has something that makes them stand out. You just got to amplify it. Right. Put it all in on it. So I owned that, started running out of games. Then I started getting asked. People would call the offices. The yellow tux guy there, like I didn't have a name, but it was right. the yellow tux guy there. So then I started speaking with the yellow tux. And then about two years ago, years ago I said, I'm going all in on this. Hey, this is my uniform. You play baseball, you have a uniform. It means it's game time. When I wear this, un uniform means it's showtime. Right. And we believe every single person is always on stage. And if I'm going to be the owner of this team, I need to be on stage all the time as well. And so I wear it every day now. And this is who you are in the Savannah community. How often are you in the suit? I'm every day. And it's not just in the Savannah community. We're not, I'm fortunate to be able to right. speak all over the country. Right. And uh, now three bookings in Canada in the fall. I will wear this wherever I go. So I'll wear this through the airport. I'll wear this when I'm nice. picked up. Okay. The looks I get are outrageous. But, <laughs> but you know what? Most of it's laughter. And the key is, can you give fun instead of just have fun? Yeah. And I believe, I, as I walk through the airport, I see people trying to discreetly take pictures and videos. I usually point and call them out and right. make it fun, and that's what that's what it's about. And last question before I let you go, I know you're really busy. Um, when you guys came here in 2016, you were in Gastonia before. Mm -hmm. How quickly did things evolve when you came here? I know when you guys originally came here, it took you a while to come up with the Savannah Bananas, but how quickly did things move in motion when you guys got out here, and how did you plan, how did you decide to come out to Savannah, Georgia? I proposed to my wife. And August 4th, 2014, I'll never forget it. It was a sold-out game in Gastonia. Yep. And uh, we were, it was the final game of the season, over 4,000 people. And our pitcher, who ended up being drafted in the second round, let off seven runs in the first inning. The game was so long, so I ended up moving up in the sixth inning. I surprised her, proposed on the field. Um, thank goodness she said yes. I was in the yellow tuxedo. And the next day, she surprised me. Uh, with a visit to Savannah. She said, I can't believe you're posed. I've heard amazing things about Savannah. Let's go together. I'd never been. So then we came here uh, that next weekend and fell in love with the city, came out to the ballpark. The minor league team was playing. There was only about 100 people at the game. It yeah. was brutal. And we said, if this team ever leaves, we're going to go create a team here. So that was the decision. When we found out the next year they were leaving, we came in as quick as we could. How fast did uh, the success of Savannah happen? Uh, that part, in the macro view, you know, which I think everyone should look at. Everyone mm -hmm. tries. Everyone gets so focused on the, the, the problems, the issues every day. Yeah. In the macro view, it happened very fast. In the real terms, right then, it took six months. We sold one ticket in the first two months. And on January 15, 2016, is when I got the call at 445 uh, that we overdrafted our account and we were out of money. And we were up in New Jersey, my best friend's wedding in college, and we drove back, and then we said we had no other option. We had to sell our house. So we put our yeah. house up. We put our house in the market the next week, sold our house, emptied out our savings account, it was down to our last few dollars. And it came down here, got on an airbed, and said, went all in. So, and then when we came up with the bananas and the fun, the all-you-can-eat tickets, the, we started creating attention, the success happened. Um, so, but again, it's not an overnight success. Right. So I started back in 2007. You know, we're 12 years into this crazy circus that we're doing, and we're just getting started. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, the bananas have sold out every single game. Well, it was a challenge in the beginning. It was a challenge in Gastonia yeah. for many years. Yeah. And we're still going to have challenges. But when we start actually settling and start getting complacent, that's when we're done, as I said before. So you we better hope that next year we start doing even crazier things because that's going to be the big difference on whether our success continues or not. I'm so 
boom. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only gonna break up with you. He's definitely gonna break up with me. Should have used tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.